There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'd like to start tonight's episode on a somber note with a memorial to what we've all maybe lost in the past 24 hours. You've seen the Supreme Court news. Think, think of the world we may face in the near future. Soon, in this country, we may see additional children allowed to be born. I don't want to scare you, but it's true. Yes, it's wrong. Yes, it's horrific. If this were a just world, no children would ever be allowed to live. But soon, women who just, who just want to choose to end the lives of their children may have to travel for literally dozens of minutes to stamp out their offspring. Can you imagine the heartbreak of these mothers? I mean, I, I guess they're no longer mothers. After, and and also, we, also fathers can birth babies. We should, we should also make sure that you know that. That's definitely also true. This injustice must be stopped. What were, I don't know, once a, a Mount Everest sized pile of discarded fetal remains may now become only a K2 sized pile of discarded fetal remains. And if this trend continues, those piles may only rise as high as Mount Kilimanjaro. We are basically in the handmaid's tale, folks. Welcome to Gilead, under his eye, indeed. Brace yourselves. If this decision comes to pass, there will be more children alive than ever before. Perhaps a good deal more, but we must find a way to overcome this cruel and disgusting attempt to allow children to live. Unless you're willing to engage in moderate travel, then do whatever the hell you want to, I'm totally fine. So how do we move on into this dark, evil, and monstrous future where kids are alive. <laughs> well, just remember, the more children there are, the more children we can show pornography to at an unreasonably unre young age, like kindergarten. <laughs> it's gonna be great. And if that doesn't give you hope, I don't know what will. Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. Tonight we'll have Josh Hammer on. He's going to tell us all the you know legal stuff about what's going on, what we should understand about the Supreme Court ruling. We'll go into a lot of this tonight, uh, tonight on the show. Uh, let's start with the end of Roe versus Wade. Where is it? I mean, we got to put the question mark at the end of it because I refuse to count chickens before they hatch. And it's, an, you know, considering that process of the chicken coming out of the egg. Maybe this is the right usage of that particular idiom. Uh, I will say this. I'm going to lead the show with the disclaimers because they're incredibly important. I 
Don't know if this is actually going to happen. I would not be at all surprised if we have some magical change of heart by one of these justices the last second, and this changes, and they don't actually go through with it. So I will tell you, until I see it actually occur, I will not believe it. I have spent most of my life uh, now, I guess, right around most of my life in this ridiculous industry, but certainly most of my career, uh, I have spent believing that this day would never come if it does come. It hasn't come yet. It was just a leak. It has not actually occurred yet. Uh, but I didn't honestly believe we'd ever see this. And I kind of just thought it was one of those things that we would talk about and do the best that we could and, and try to advance things with the idea that, as I've said many, many times, eventually we'll get there. Eventually, the American people will wake up to this. But I don't know if we're going to be around for it, honestly, and uh, whatever. You know, that's if that's if it's going to take decades, it's going to take decades. That's just the way uh, that it works. Um, but here we are with a leaked document to just give you the quick rundown, uh, the the opinion from the Supreme Court, supposedly by uh, on board five justices enough to pass this through would be an overturn, a complete and utter overturn of Roe versus Wade and Casey, uh, the early 90s abortion case. Basically, we would go back to the place where states would be able to decide and legislation would be able to decide. Largely the reasoning, as we'll go into lately, to say basically, hey, this is, uh, there's nothing in the Constitution about this. This is not our purview to start making rules up in this area. The legislation should be doing that. So we'll get into that here in just a little bit. As you might imagine, however, this news was not taken in stride by many on the left. They lost their gourd uh, here is uh, just a quick montage from the recently doxed libs of TikTok. This abortion law goes beyond a woman's issue and it goes beyond anything you can ever imagine. The societal implications of this are going to be insane. Really? The amount of uh, just pain and damage this is going to oh cause gosh, and the true. full ability to tell a woman what she can and can't do with her body. Oh my we're gosh. going back into a handmaid's tale society it's here. Handmaid's tale. All of you women. All of you women. Who sat home? Who sat home? All you young girls, adults over 18 years old who did not go out and vote. Give me another drink. Who did not think that you need to protect your womb. Your womb? We're now back in the dark ages. Dark ages, okay. Um, Brace yourselves, ladies. Brace yourself, ladies. I'm with you. I'm with you, too. My heart is your just heart. You broken. Can't your kids. I know. I don't understand why this country hates women so oh, much. Oh, we just despise the women. I not just the ones don't that understand born, it. But yeah, you, you you don't understand, do you, dear? We'll get through this. Will we'll you? figure out a way. Mm, is it the Handmaid's Tale? Let me ask. Uh, let me ask you. I bet you think it's the Handmaid's Tale. No more joking about it being it being the Handmaid's Tale. Oh, there we be. go. <laughs> of course. <laughs> an attractive bunch, by the way. Um, you know, it's interesting uh, uh, there. Uh, seemingly the only reference anyone knows is The Handmaid's Tale. Now, I doubt they read the book. I'm going to go ahead and say they have Hulu. Probably not even the paid version. I think they've got Hulu with the commercials. But they're watching it, apparently, and now they know what this is going to be like. Now, you might say there's a bunch of crazy people on the Internet, and they sound ridiculous. Well, we've got other crazy people who commented on this as well. Uh, here is Joe Biden, who really has gone back and forth on this issue. At one point, he sort of was mon- uh, sort of moderate for the Democrats when it comes to abortion back in like the 80s and 90s. He's long gone from that position, though. Here he is uh, talking about the leak of the decision. If this decision holds, 
is really quite a radical decision. Is it? Um, and again, the underlying premise, and again, I've not had a chance to thoroughly go into the report. Okay, so definitely decision. comment on it anyway, though. But it basically says all the decisions related to your private life, who you marry, whether or not you decide to conceive a child or not, whether or not you can have an abortion, a range of other decisions, whether or not how you raise your child. What does this do? And uh, does this mean that in Florida they can decide they're going to pass a law saying that same-sex marriage is not permissible? It's against the law in Florida. Uh, so there's a whole, it's, it's a fundamental shift in American jurisprudence. I actually understood The Handmaid's Tale more than that. That was actually a better comment than what Joe Biden just said. I, you know, he's trying to say that this is a slippery slope. They're going to start overturning all these other things. Look, I mean, in the ruling specifically says that that is not what this ruling says. I mean, it's, it, the opinion, assuming it holds in the form that was leaked, says the exact opposite of what Joe Biden just warned over. So uh, if he's actually worried about that, which I doubt he is, uh, he, he should not be. He should be worried about other things. He's got other things going on. It might be a little uh, worrisome. Hillary Clinton is still around. Uh, she was at the Met Gala last night, uh, looking wonderful as an African-American gentleman in a, an N95 mask was fixing her dress as she stood there without a mask on. Uh, she said, not surprising, but still outrageous. This decision is a direct assault on the dignity, rights and lives of women. Again, I guess we're not not referencing the children that would turn into women, those, those lives don't matter at all. Not to mention decades of settled law. That's a stupid point. It will kill and subjugate the women even as a, subjugate? What are you talking about, subjugate? Women, even as a vast majority of Americans think abortion should be legal. What an utter disgrace. Here's the, uh, this is gonna surprise Hillary. Uh, abortion will still be legal in the country. You might have some moderate travel, as we noted earlier, that will be, by the way, completely paid for by an anti, uh, anti-life organization. Uh, or maybe even in your company, Amazon is ch- uh, forking out $4,000 per employee uh, to travel to other states so they can have abortions. California has been talking about taking taxpayer dollars. New York is taking taxpayer dollars and paying for people to fly in for abortion tourism. Abortionism. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think you're going to like it. Um, let's see. Bernie Sanders is also insane. He says Congress must pass legislation that codifies Roe versus Wade as the law of the land in this country. No! I just that that was capital letters for those of you on podcast. And there, if there aren't 60 votes in the Senate to do it, which obviously there are not, um, we must end the filibuster to pass it with 50 votes. Now, of course, Bernie wants to end the filibuster for like, you know, to, to change Friday to pizza day at the at Congress. I mean, the guy wants the he wants to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. I mean, the smarter Democrats, not to say Bernie is a complete idiot or anything. I'm not saying that, but the smarter Democrats realize, of course, if you do this, then Republicans will do the same thing and just overturn it. And you guys will just be overturning laws back and forth every single Congress. Uh, It's just going to be silly. This is why, of course, the filibuster has had such a long reign and is something that makes sense for uh, our government. The the idea that precedence uh, is being overturned here. Is, of course, true. I mean, look, Roe versus Wade, you know, 50 years ago, terrible decision. Casey built on that decision, I think, made it worse. And it's hung around for a while. That's no reason to not overturn it, though. If if it's completely unconstitutional and terribly argued, which it was, you overturn it. We've had several instances of this. In fact, a good chunk of the decision or opinion, the leaked opinion, which is not final, by the way, 
not final, uh, that is just going over the cases where this has happened before. So the argument that this is some uh, long-standing tradition, of course, is uh, completely absurd. AOC had a dumb point, too. She said people elected Democrats precisely so we could lead in perilous moments like these to codify Roe, hold corruption accountable, and have a president who uses his legal authority to break through congressional gridlock on items from student debt to climate. It's high time we do it. Again, this is the plea. Please go uh, with the filibuster so we can have 50 votes. And in case you're not, uh, you know, you're not into the minutia of this, normally you need 60 votes uh, with the filibuster. You get rid of the filibuster, which is just a Senate law. You'll only need 50 votes. They have exactly 50 votes, plus one, as Kamala Harris would get them over the line. So they could pass pretty much anything they wanted in this scenario. Uh, if you're wondering how that affects abortion, well, what they want to do is in lieu of Roe versus Wade going away, they want to pass a law that would basically do the same thing, require states to have, you know, I don't know, abortion huts on every corner. Um, can they do that? It would be challenged in the courts. I don't know that they have the power to force abortion on the states. They would try it. Uh, for sure. I think it would be overturned in the courts, but we don't know for sure. And you never know what the court looks like when that case reaches uh, the Supreme Court, which it undoubtedly would. The other part of this is what we keep saying is it's going to go back to the states. And that's true. We'll go over kind of what that map looks like here in just a second. But it's important to know that they want to avoid that. Like their worst case scenario is uh, is that states will be able to make these decisions for themselves. Now, we might look at that as a win and it's because Texas will not have abortion. In fact, they've already passed a law that says if Roe versus Wade is overturned, abortion is illegal in this state. Um, I don't know all, I don't remember all the details. I can't remember if there's a, a life, uh, a rape and incest exception or life and health exception. I can't remember all the details for the Texas one. There's a bunch of different laws that work like this. They're called trigger laws. And so they're triggered if Roe versus Wade is overturned. There's a bunch on both sides. We'll show them to you in a second. But the point is the, the left wants to avoid that. They don't like that idea. That is not the ultimate outcome for us, however. Uh, the ultimate outcome is not so, you know, a, you know, people in Texas have to get on a flight and go or drive across the line into New Mexico where they can have an abortion, you know, five inches across state lines. This is not the outcome. We want the kids to live. Again, the hateful side of this argument, for some reason, seems to be the one that wants kids to live. How did that happen? How did that happen? Exactly. So two things are important here. One. What about Manchin and Cinema? Are they going to be won over by this extraordinary circumstance? Uh, you know, we didn't see this coming. We didn't know this was going to happen. We said we were opposed to the filibuster. Well, we, we have to change our mind and do it just for this one thing. Okay, here are the quotes from Manu Raju, uh, who says Manchin uh, has a quote, the filibuster is a protection of democracy. So he's still standing by it, supposedly. Cinema says protections in the Senate safeguarding against the erosion of women's access to health care have been used half a dozen times in the past 10 years and are more important now than ever. In other words, she's saying, look, the institution matters and we're going to stick by the filibuster. I don't think you're out of the water yet. First of all, mansion, cinema, any point could change their mind. Number two, uh, you got to look at uh, the possibility of an issue with um, uh, either Collins or Murkowski or both. Uh, that's still a risk. They're pro-choice Republicans, and they may, may very well flake out as well. Let me give this map real quick before we take a break, and we'll have more on this in a second. This is the, these are the trigger laws. Uh, this is from Axios. You see you've got uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, 
Arkansas, Mississippi, Kentucky, Missouri, Tennessee, all down in the south have already passed the law. And all the blue ones over here in the northeast and stuff like that, they're going to say, hey, Roe versus Wade basically still applies. You can still get an abortion here. And then there's uh, kind of the west is a, little, is a little varied up here. You have half the states who are doing it and half of them aren't. Let's take a, a quick break and come back with more on this. And we have Josh Hammer today to explain us all the smart things we need to know on the Supreme Court decision as we go through it all here on Stu Does America. This spring, revamp your daily routine with Bespoke Post and their new seasonal lineup of must-have Box of Awesome collections. How far are we away from Father's Day? I mean, Father's Day should be every day, okay? That's what I think. Uh, if you are looking for a Father's Day gift here as we come up, we have Mother's Day first, then Father's Day. Father's Day is a great time for Bespoke Post because you get the greatest cool stuff from uh, unique goods from everybody uh, every month. Uh, small businesses you might not have heard of, really cool stuff you may not have considered before. And there is a whole range of different options, you know, like hot sauces, barbecue rubs, um, you know, grilling out uh, gear, uh, outdoor gear. I have, I have an awesome axe myself. I got an awesome axe. And I got some really great travel bags as well. Box of Awesome comes with really cool stuff every single month. And you can go and answer a quiz and get the, the right Box of Awesome just for you. Release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. And it's valued at $70 uh, at least. So it's usually a lot more than that. But that's the minimum it will ever be valued. Plus, with each Box of Awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. Free to sign up, and you can cancel uh, any time. You can skip a month any time. It's really easy to customize that way. Get 20% off your first monthly Box of Awesome when you go to boxofawesome.com. Enter the code STU at checkout. It's boxofawesome.com. The code is STU. 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com. Code is STU. Happy to welcome Josh Hammer back to the program. He's the opinion editor for Newsweek as well as host of the Josh Hammer Show. Be sure to check it out and subscribe. Josh, it's a big day. How's it going? Stu, it's it's going well. It's been a it's been, it's been a long day, but it's a deeply important day for the country. Obviously, great to be with you. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time. I want to uh, get into the leak and everything that that means here in a couple minutes. But I want to start with I think the meat of this. Uh, we uh, there's this idea that maybe this would be a half measure. Maybe they would approve the Mississippi law and cut out, come up with some little carve out. Um, to maybe expand the restrictions on abortion that were available to the states, but not really go all the way. That's not what happened here, is it? So that was, that was definitely my prediction. I actually went back to review the tweet that I sent the afternoon of the Dobbs oral argument. What it looks like I predicted was either a 3-3-3 split where the chief judges would be able to peel away both Barrett and Kavanaugh, or at least some sort of 4-2-3 situation where they get a Roberts Barrett or Roberts Kavanaugh controlling basically exactly what you just said that would that would find a way to uphold the Mississippi statute the 15 week ban while not actually touching Roe that's not what happened I mean I'll be honest with you I am pleasantly surprised which you know I've been following judicial politics the judiciary Supreme Court for a while now I mean at least since my first year of law school maybe even a little before that this is the first time that I have been really pleasantly surprised of this drastic in nature. I mean, if, if, first of all, Justice Thomas, you know, because the chief, when he doesn't join the majority, the most senior justice assigns the opinion, that would be Justice Thomas. So he could have kept it for himself or given it to Justice Barrett, which would have been my guess. I, you know, for obvious reasons, I thought Amy Coney Barrett would have had the majority. 
But I'm really happy that Sam Alito looks like he has the majority because he is the most forceful, fiery conservative up there on the court. He does not pull any punches. His opinion reads like someone who is frankly ticked off that conservatives have not repealed this thing already. And good for the court. I mean, look, we'll get into the leak, obviously, but this opinion is orders of magnitude better than I would have expected. And I, I obviously at this point just pray that it holds and that Kavanaugh and Barrett have the stiffened spine to do what must be done here. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this as it was uh, coming down and this report was leaking out. If we were to do a, a draft, a conservative draft uh, for who you want to write this opinion, my guess is conservatives, you know, look, Clarence Thomas is going to go first overall in almost any, every one of uh, these drafts like this. But I think the sneaky best pick might actually be Alito. Totally. Yeah. So Thomas and Alito are are by far the two most solid conservatives on the court. Obviously, I think reasonable people could 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 disagree. Excuse me. I mean, Clarence Thomas is the most principled originalist. Sam Alito is the most fiery conservative. Mm. Uh, Whatever whatever the area is, he does not pull any punches. He's probably my personal favorite jurist for that reason alone. That's kind of my cup of tea, obviously. Um, But it's a great opinion. I I mean, seriously, congratulations to Justice Alito and his clerks. Uh, A big part of the uh, reasoning here was, look, you can't find abortion in the Constitution either way. I mean, there's no, this was horribly argued at the beginning. I believe they said egregiously uh, at the very start. Uh, This was wrong from the beginning, and that's kind of how they attacked it. Can you kind of walk people through the actual reasoning as to why they're overturning Roe versus Wade, in theory, if it happens? I'm still on, I'm still on the uh, (laughs) no chickens until they hatch policy. Uh, If it happens, what was the reasoning? No, and that's the right policy to have. I mean, look, in my role as opinion editor of Newsweek, I have told all my deputy editors that when we talk about this case, when we have pieces that are opining on this, the necessary language hedging should be there in every single piece mm. under the caveat, on the presumption that the, that the opinion as leaked actually holds and so forth. So having said that, uh, um, you know, look, I, 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 the, the basic argument against Roe versus Wade is very straightforward. The basic argument is that the so-called right to abortion is nowhere to be found anywhere in the Constitution whatsoever. So the way the constitutional law basically works is, you know, you have structural constitution, we have the separation of powers, Article One, Article Two, Article Three, and then you have federalism where both the national government and the states have kind of separate spheres of sovereignty. But because our framers were also scared, not just of a, of a, of a monarchy, but they were, they were also scared of kind of the excesses of direct democracy, of mobocracy, of majoritarianism. That's James Madison talking about faction in the Federalist 10 right there. They also put in this system of the Bill of Rights. And you know the, what those Bill of Rights are there for is to take certain rights off the table where majorities cannot touch them, cannot override them, cannot curtail them. Now, under modern constitutional law doctrine, these rights are incorporated against the states under Section 1 of the 14th Amendment. The traditional vehicle for doing that is the due process clause under a doctrine known as, quote unquote, substantive due process. That itself, it should sound like a bit of an oxymoron because it is a bit of an oxymoron, <laughs> as Justice Thomas and Justice Scalia, before he passed away, said time and time again, the clause due process of law says nothing about substance whatsoever. But Roe versus Wade in 1973 used substantive due process to incorporate a right to abortion against the states. It built off a case eight years prior, Griswold versus Connecticut, 
which was a case where they first established the so-called right to privacy. It was from the penumbras of the emanations, the Bill of Rights. I mean, they weren't even hiding it. They basically were saying, we know it's in there. Don't worry about a precise textual citation for it. We're just telling you it's in there because we're lawyers, we're smart, whatever. Then they took that and they, eight years later, they concocted, they turned that right to privacy into a right to abort your unborn child. So the actual constitutional law underpinning of Roe versus Wade is famously awful. I mean, it just it simply does not rest on firm footing. As John Hart Eli, the personally liberal, personally pro-abortion, former Harvard law professor famously once said, despite that, he famously said, Roe versus Wade is not constitutional law and it gives no semblance of purporting to be constitutional law. So that's basically what Sam Alito says. He takes through all the arguments and he was just like, this is not there. It is not a right. Therefore, under the 10th Amendment, it is an issue for the states. Mm, it really, I mean, it does seem to be a really strong, uh, strong shoot down, basically, uh, smackdown, I guess I'm looking for, of, of Roe versus Wade, which is what, you know, the sensible thought has demanded for a very long time. When we look at the actual uh, breakdown of the court, we have five conservatives that we, at least, and this is, I think, all dependent on the reporting, right, from Politico. We believe five uh, uh, of the conservatives are on board with this. Three liberals are against. And then John Roberts is seemingly undecided. What do we think that means? Is he trying to forge some third way? What, 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 what is going on here? Yeah, I think that's exactly what he's trying to do, right? So the Wall Street Journal actually had an editorial under the, you know, the review and outlook, the journal signs editorials. Basically, last week, it was roughly one week ago, where they said exactly that, that they were relying on sources. So by the way, my reading of the journal's editorial actually was that there was a separate leak. So my mm. reading of the situation is that this is actually a very leaky court in general, which is no bueno. I mean, that's a very, very, very bad thing for all sorts of reasons. But I think the chief pretty clearly is trying to find a middle ground position if you go back to the Dobbs oral argument from December 1st, his questions to the state of Mississippi, to counsel, basically suggested he was like, counsel, help me through here. You know, can we do exit but not actually go all the way to Y? In real time, he was trying to kind of think that out. So I have no doubt that the chief has been trying to kind of pull over Kavanaugh or Barrett because when you don't have a five justice majority, even if you have a four justice plurality to overturn Roe or Casey, put another way, if either Barrett or Kavanaugh defect. If one of them defects and joins the chief in that kind of four, two, three bizarre split that I was talking about earlier, then at that point, it's the it's it's the controlling opinion. It would be the two justice opinion that could find a way to uphold Mississippi, but not actually overturn Roe. So this is who John Roberts is. Obviously, he is an incrementalist. He's always trying to move the ball forward in the narrowest way possible, obviously motivated by a host of different factors outside of the Constitution and jurisprudence. He's motivated by the institutional integrity of the court and all this ridiculous stuff that he really should not be concerned about because he didn't take an oath of office to do that, right. took an oath of office to uphold the Constitution. But I have no doubt that that's what he's trying to do. That's It's not your job, John. That's not your job. Uh, you, know, you might want that to be your job, but that's not your job. Uh, understand the Constitution and rule on what you believe is constitutional. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, uh, Josh, about the idea that the left keeps bringing up, which is this is settled Law. You know, this has been 50 years. It's been there for 50 years. We can't overturn it. This is crazy. Uh, and there are other examples. And, I, you know, Alito spends some time going through them here uh, of, of, of the country doing this. When something is wrong, we're supposed to get it right. Isn't that the concept? Yeah, of course, that's the concept, Stu. I mean, look, I, I, at oral argument, this came up. I mean, are, are the people who are 
so pro stare decisis, who are allegedly so pro precedent. I mean, did they want Plessy versus Ferguson to be overturned? Do they want the Korematsu decision with respect to Japanese internment during World War II? Do they want those cases to be overturned? You know, I think if they're being even slightly intellectually honest, of course they would answer yes. But the fundamental question here, to get back to what I was saying on the last segment with Roberts and his extracurricular concerns, the fundamental question is, what do you have an oath to do? So, you know, I would direct your listeners. I, I wrote like a long, like 5,000 word essay for National Affairs Journal about a year and a half ago entitled Overrule Stare Decisis. You know, I thought I was trying to be clever with the title, obviously. <laughs> but the basic argument here is that the justice, again, take an oath to the Constitution. Their oath is to the Constitution and the statutes and treaties that are passed pursuant to the Constitution. Their oath is not to a five-member majority of the Supreme Court, no matter how they interpret it. That's simply not how it works. Look, I, even under a slightly less doctrinaire view of stare decisis, there were traditional stare decisis factors, how workable the precedent was, you know, what would be the consequences of overturning. Well, look, Roe and Casey proved to be worse than unworkable. They purported to kind of end the abortion dispute, but anyone with even a cursory level observation of what has happened in America over the past 30 years since Casey, the past 49 years since Roe, is that tensions have been totally inflamed. This is still like our, our great roiling moral controversy. So they have not even come close to being successful on their own self-avowed terms. So even under the, the, the more traditional kind of list of stare decisis, factors, it, it has failed on its own terms. But Alito, really interestingly, in his opinion, as you alluded to, Stu, he has what lawyers would call the, a string site, this like very long site after site after site after site, where he's just showing liberals how oftentimes overruling precedent has actually redounded to liberals' interest because the policies that were overruled there ended up helping liberals, or at least they liked the policies. So it's very clever. Um, and again, it's just it's just a very strong opinion by a very strong conservative jurist, Sam Alito. Yeah, and it's, it's such a ridiculous standard. I mean, they, they constantly complain about something like Citizens United and want it overturned. It's it just I mean, it's obviously just they're just using it for their own purposes. It's not a real point um, at this at this at this juncture, at least. Um, let me um, let me get, get let me get to the leak a little bit here, because this is, I think, a fascinating part of this, because my take on it immediately was, look, this is clearly somebody on the left, I think, uh, a clerk or one of the justices themselves probably Sotomayor if it was that that way, it, uh, leaking this to put pressure on Kavanaugh, on Barrett, to try to get them to flip. A, a Hail Mary, a last second, I uh, hope, to put pressure on them, to put pressure on their families, uh, to to make them scared, uh, to God only knows what else. It's an effort to try to get one of them to flip before this decision comes out. Is that the right way to think about it? Is that what you think it is? So that is my best guess. I mean, again, there's really no way of knowing for sure. In a situation like this, where there are so many moving parts, I tend to err on the side of Occam's razor. I mean, the simplest, most straightforward explanation is probably going to be the correct explanation. If you go back to the Dobbs oral argument, you know, and you listen to what the justice were asking, Sonia Sotomayor really sounded a heck of a lot like a Democratic National Committee or MSNBC talking head partisan hack. Mm -hmm. I mean, the questions that she was asking were, were laughable. I mean, she was literally asking questions, Stu, that, you know, I mean, like a drunk 19-year-old in the college dorms had a few too many would be like, oh, when does, how do we know when human life begins? I mean, this is, this is a sophomoric way of approaching the abortion dispute, obviously. So uh, my best guess is that a clerk in her chambers probably went rogue, but it would really would not surprise me if she actually signed off on this. 
And the way to think about that is you have to understand, I, I, not you, I know you understand, but like your, the listeners, viewers, abortion is their thing. They love this issue. The precise phrase that I've used over and over again over the years is it's their foremost pagan sacrament. I mean, it is what they live for. As a Sixth Circuit judge, Amul Thapar wrote in a very good opinion from either late last September or early October, I can't quite remember, he said there are two sets of rules. I'm paraphrasing here. Basically, there are two sets of rules as pertains to constitutional litigation in the courts. There are the rules for all cases, and then there are the separate rules for abortion. Uh, I've called this abortion exceptionalism. All the various rules and procedures get thrown out the book on the left's favorite issue. And a good example of that, historically speaking, would be kind of the so-called viability standard that Planned Parenthood versus Casey came up with. There was no analog to that. It's completely made up. It is only an abortion. There's no other constitutional law area where that is a specific standard. And obviously what happened here with respect to this literally unprecedented leak, nothing like this has ever happened before, ever. You know, all the rules were clearly just totally thrown out of the book this time as well. And, and and it's because this is their thing. It's their issue. It's what they build this entire philosophy on. And they, let me let me end there because uh, you've been great on all these uh, the details here as a legal expert and, and everything that you're able to a- analyze that I don't understand. Um, but like fundamentally, why, Josh? Why? Why would your thing be? not wanting children to be born. I mean, I understand it's a little maybe more complicated than that, but like I can understand when we have a disagreement about minimum wage. I mean, I don't agree with their side of that argument, but like I can understand it. I can understand why they want higher taxes on rich people. I don't agree with it, but I can see. I don't understand why you would have so much passion to make sure children are not born. Why is it their thing? Stu, it's a great question. It's a question I've asked myself many times over the years, obviously. Um, I, I, the best I can do is try to answer because I'm not a leftist. I don't think like this. I don't, I don't particularly know. The, I mean, the most obvious answer is that they really just want carefree sex, right? I mean, that has to be the answer, right? I mean, you, they, they want this culture that's kind of pervaded ever since the 1960s with obviously the adoption of, of the pill, uh, Plan B, things of that nature. They want this culture where you can just go around, you know, the, the hookup culture on universities. I mean, you know, I graduated college only 11 years ago, so it's not like I didn't see all this myself. They just want this culture of just being able to have like flings and romantic pursuits and just simply not worry about the consequences. Uh, I, I think, they, I think they've, they've diluted themselves into thinking of abortion as a contra- as a form of contraception. Like to them, they have literally kind of I, I adopted, I think, hook, line, and sinker. The idea that, you know, if uh, if a condom breaks or like the, the, the abortifacient doesn't work or whatever, the, the, what, you know, whatever the, the woman is taking as far as a birth control, that the abortion at the end is there to kind of kick in and take care of what needs to be done. It, it, it's disgusting because it, it literally is ignoring, obviously, what Stephen Douglas famously ignored in his 1858 debates with Abraham Lincoln, which is the humanity of the separate lives involved. For Stephen Douglas, of course, that was the humanity of black people, of slaves in the Western territories. And obviously here, that is the humanity of the unborn child. Look, thankfully, since Roe versus Wade was written 49 years ago, the state of neonatal science, of prenatal science, I should say, has really advanced to the point where we do not doubt the authenticity of the humanity of the unborn child. We know that that is the case. In fact, Harry Blackman, the author of Roe vs. Wade himself, actually had language in that opinion where he expressly said that this holding today, basically, it, it, it is contingent upon the current state of medical science, and we are open to the idea that this holding might need to change if the medical science actually advances. Well, it has. 
we have much better technology these days and we know beyond a doubt that there was a unique DNA code from, from the moment of conception. That is a life, period. Mm. Well, there we go. Um, this, is a, this is a big one. And again, I am not counting any chickens before they hatch. All the disclaimers apply. But if this happens, this is a day I never saw coming. I did not think I'd ever see this day. It will be amazing if it actually does happen. Josh Hammer, opinion editor for Newsweek and host of The Josh Hammer Show. Josh, thanks so much for coming on and explaining this to all of us. I appreciate it. You bet, Stu. Take care. So if you're trying to buy or sell a home, you know what this market looks like right now. People are just, at least in Texas, I don't know if, I know this has been the case for a while nationwide. I don't know if that's slowed down a little bit with the economic concerns. Texas is still crazy. I mean, you put your house on the market, you get a, you get three, four, uh, you know, offers over your asking price within days. It's just really common around here. So when the stakes are that high, you have to make sure you have the best real estate agent that can help walk you through and have uh, all the details right. Make sure you're not overpaying. Make sure you're, you're taking the right offer. Maybe sometimes the offer with the highest number isn't the right one to take. You want to take the one that you know is going to come through and not burn you in two months when they decide they don't have the money. Uh, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Find the most experienced and best real estate agent in your area. Do it now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. There's been some pretty crazy news over the past few days, but nothing like this. You're not going to believe this. Uh, Vladimir Putin may soon declare war on Ukraine. What? Are you kidding me? Who would have seen this coming? I mean, I know they had that tiny little special military operation going on, but I am shocked to hear that they might actually go to war with Ukraine. Who would have seen this coming? Uh, CNN breaking the news that you need to know. I guess what they're saying is there's going to be an official declaration of war, they believe, maybe on May 9th, which is their victory day. We'll see how how that goes. The Elon Musk freakout is still going on. Uh, MSNBC had somebody on blabbing about Elon Musk and saying how he's basically Hitler and a Nazi or something. I mean, this is they just say the same five things about everybody. Have we picked this pattern up yet? They've got five things they say about people. If you say something they don't like, they call you a Nazi. They call you a racist. They call you a homophobe. They call you a transphobe. They call you a white supremacist. I don't know. Maybe I repeated one, but they're basically those five things. Okay, that's all they have. They just say the same crap over and over and over again. Uh, Elon Musk responded to this report. He said, NBC basically saying Republicans are Nazis. Same organization that covered up Hunter Biden laptop story, had Harvey Weinstein story early and killed it, and built Matt Lauer his rape office. That's a nice way of putting it. Lovely people. I will say we have crossed the line with Elon Musk now where it's like Trump. Remember when Trump first started running and every tweet he'd have would be a news story? That is where we are with Elon Musk. Like he could just every time he responds to someone in a, in a like, you know, witty way, it's now on the news. That's apparently what happens. Uh, fight to uh, Fed is going to fight inflation with the fastest rate hikes in decades. This is not a huge surprise that this is coming, but we talk to you about uh, mortgage rates and stuff sometimes from time to time. If you can get that thing locked in now that it's low, do it, please, because these things are going up. And 4.5 million Americans quit their job in March. Uh, this is uh, a pretty big number, 4.5 million, which I believe means 4.5 million OnlyFans accounts have just been started. That's our entire, apparently our entire economy now. Uh, we were built. We used to be a manufacturing center, technology center. Now we're an OnlyFans uh, production house. So get used to that, America. Good job. 
You know, you might have heard me talk about my eating habits in the past, and you might say to yourself, hey, that guy doesn't seem very healthy. How many times can you go to Taco Bell in any given week? Well, the answer to that, by the way, is 18. Uh, that's the actual answer to that question. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that I am the healthiest eater in the world. Do I get all my vitamins and nutrients? I probably don't get them from my food. I don't really think about that stuff. And, you know, as you get older, you start losing energy. You can't just keep caffeine, caffeine, caffeine intake to get, uh, to get yourself going every day. Uh, you know, I also have two small kids. So life can be a little challenging, a little more physical than you might want to be at my age. Uh, of course, if you want to try a new way to get yourself going in the morning, Super Beats Heart Chews is a great way to go. They're a tasty treat, give you the energy you need, and they are good for you. Uh, no more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, uh, candy. You don't need to do that. When you have Super Beats, you add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without the caffeine crash. Uh, they've got all this great stuff in there. Look, I don't know. I'm not going to sit down with a giant plate of beets. I'm just not going to do it. Unless, they, unless Taco Bell comes out with beet tacos. Then I would at least consider it. But I'm generally not going to do that. I need Super Beats because they actually taste good and it's easy and fast to get the nutrients that I need. You'll love them too. Uh, check it out. Uh, do, do more for your heart and treat yourself with Super Beats Heart Chews. You can get uh, up to 45% off plus free shipping at superbeats.com slash stew. This is their best offer available anywhere. It's superbeats.com slash stew. Up to 45% off now at superbeats.com slash stew. Check it out. You know, last night as this news broke with the Supreme Court, we took uh, one of our first steps in a journey that is probably the most important thing we've ever done uh, on the show. Um, actually, this entire network, I would say. Actually, the entire world. Stu Plus, my new digital streaming service. It's available now on YouTube. You can get a mug right here. Look at that. A beautiful Stu Plus mug. They just came in. Check them out at stewdoesmerch.com. You can use the promo code STU10 to save 10%. And I know we've sold a bunch of these, which means we've made more money than CNN Plus did. And I hadn't recognized, realized until recently, they, the logo, if you see, kind of looks the same as CNN, doesn't it? Stu Plus, available now when you go to YouTube and click subscribe and then click the bell because you never know when we're going to go live on Stu Plus. So uh, check it out. It's uh, Stu Plus. Here's some comments from last night's uh, show as we were going through all of the abortion uh, ruling news. Uh, this actually isn't that big of a deal, to be honest. States have been setting laws in opposition to Roe versus Wade anyway. This is just the Supreme Court saying, OK, you're already going against the ruling anyway, and we don't want to argue against it. It's like your landlord saying he'll allow three uh, allow pets three years after you had them in there already. And he knew about it. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying there. There have been some uh, pushback on, on some of these lines, but this is really going to reset the line so you can actually make it no abortions in your state if you wish. That is a big change. Uh, yay, I was waiting for commentary from some of my favorite conservatives on the SCOTUS leak, and this stupid show came through. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun to do. I like hanging out with you guys. Um, you are right. There is no constitutional right with regards to abortion. Yes, and now we're hopefully going to have that confirmed by the Supreme Court very soon. With that sign behind you, it seems like Lisa Page is making you do it. Blink twice if you are in danger. Yeah, I was in my wife's studio, and there's a giant neon sign behind me that says Lisa Page made me do it. So, I mean, yeah, look, I'm the man of the house. I do shows in front of pink signs. John says, how is it possible from a place where there are only two known pictures that a draft be leaked? Eh, fair point. When do you ever sleep, Sue? Stu does power naps. Uh, yes, very true. Not much. And the amazing world of Megan writes, don't eat the babies, AOC. Look, we can't guarantee that she's not going to eat the babies. She may very well eat the babies. And we hope, because she knows what the garbage disposal is now. God only knows what could happen. Back in a second. 
Okay, so here's what happened. We are apparently in the golden era of being a tall, wiry, white dude with tattoos. Uh, it's a very strange time to be alive. And apparently most, most of this, the weird-looking white dudes like Pete Davidson, who's basically Slender Man. I mean, that's what he looks like. Um, and he's, the, every one of these guys is dating one of the Kardashians, with the exception of Machine Gun Kelly, and I'm sure you're familiar with him. He is with Megan Fox, who I'm sure is wonderful. Uh, apparently they've decided to drink each other's blood, which is... Odd, maybe an odd choice, you might say. I don't know why you would do that, but apparently that's something they're doing. But they are getting warnings from the the vampire community, which there's too many communities, guys. If there's a vampire community, there's too many communities. They say, by the way, drinking blood, bad idea. You can give you past diseases. It's, It's really a bad idea. Not to mention it is appropriating vampire culture, which is really offensive to me.